I'm Lisa from Papyrus. Today we're very excited to be talking to Megan Jane Crabb, otherwise known as Body Posse Panda. Megan is an influencer in every sense of the word. She's written the book Body Positive Power as an inspirational and practical call to arms for body empowerment. She's a star of Instagram and shares her messages with over 1.3 million followers. We invited Megan to meet us at our London office and have a chat about a number of topics, from the impact of body positivity to the hope she finds in young people today. Welcome to Papyrus Hopecast. Hopecast. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you came across the idea of body positivity and the impact it's had on your life? Sure. So it all started, I would say, just over five years ago. Um, at the time, I was on my latest crash diet, and that's that's kind of what I did. So I spent lots and lots of years trying to make my body something that I thought was worthy of love. And for me, that always meant thinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had struggled with eating disorders as a teenager, and I had gone right back into that kind of diet cycle straight after recovery, always just chasing the next pound down, yeah. the next number that I thought was going to make me happy. And I used to use Instagram for inspiration for that. Well, quote-unquote inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I used to just find people who I wanted to look like and beat myself up for not looking like them and just compare myself to them all day long, use them as motivation to keep going on whatever horrible crash diet I was on at that time. And one day, about five years ago, I stumbled across someone doing exactly the opposite and talking about accepting their body and not dieting and knowing that they were good enough exactly as they were. And, you know, they were even wearing swimwear and they weren't thin, which, you know, I didn't see many images of people who weren't thin embracing their bodies They were talking positively about the word fat and saying, you know what, I'm fat and I refuse to believe that that means anything negative about me. It's just my body type. That's so powerful. It is. Like reclaiming that word is incredibly difficult because we're trained from such a young age to think of it as the worst thing anyone can possibly be. Like it literally used to turn my stomach Mm. hearing that word. Uh, And then I found all these people who were using it casually in the same way that you would say, you know, I have brown eyes, um, I have pink hair. Just a body type, just a feature. Yeah, just normalising that we all have a different shape, mm-hmm. we all look a different way. Exactly, and, and and kind of saying once you take the power out of it, it can't hurt you. And I think that's the thing about any kind of names, you know, if you reclaim them for yourselves, and we've seen you know, marginalised communities reclaim words all the time, like the LGBTQI plus community reclaiming the word queer and saying, no, 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 you can't hurt us with this, this is ours, we're taking it back. Yeah. So I found people doing that. And it completely flipped everything that I had thought I had to be. Um, I didn't think there was another option to, you know, going through my life dieting and hating my body. And when I realised there was, I just wanted as much of it as possible. So I just followed everyone who I could who was within this small community at the time, started reading about it, found all these books mainly from the 90s, that are about feminism and body image and dieting and how this is actually a topic, you know, this is not some random thing that I've just stumbled across on Instagram. This Mm. idea of, you know, why do we hate our bodies is out there. People have written about it. People have studied it. And I just got as much of it as I could and I started posting about what I was learning and it all just kind of went from there. 
So that must have been quite a shift in your thinking then after having years of struggled with your body and eating disorders. So that mustn't have happened overnight. Was it a long process in order to change your way of thinking? You know what? I'm um, I'm quite an all or nothing person, always have been, I think. I think that's probably a characteristic that's quite common amongst people who have eating disorders as well, mm-hmm. all or nothing. Uh, so up until that point, I had gone all in on diet culture and hating myself. And when I realised there was another option... I completely jumped the other way and it wasn't it wasn't easy but the decision to do it was very like cut and dry I am jumping shit I am all into this now I think it took me a few months to to start accepting that it could be a genuine path that I could go down and that I wasn't just gonna run back and start dieting again and carry on with that but once I was in, I was in, and I haven't looked back since. That must have been so liberating. <laughs> it's liberating and it's also terrifying. Like, right. I think it's a really scary concept of um, unpacking everything you've ever believed yeah. about yourself and about bodies and about the world and, and your worth um, and, and thinking maybe I could learn a different thing, a different way of seeing myself. It's really, really scary. And I get quite a lot of messages from people who say things like, I followed you for a bit, but then I unfollowed you because I got scared because, like, what if what you're saying is true? Or or people who say, I've got your book on my bookshelf, but I haven't read it because I'm too scared of what it might say. And so I completely get that. That Mm -hmm. jumping is terrifying in a culture where you're just encouraged to stay exactly where you are and just just carry on. You seem to have embraced it really well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting used to it now, you know. That's great. So... As you say, that, that was quite a small community at first, and, and as you've acknowledged, it, it's, there's a lot more over the past 10 years, I suppose, that it's growing and growing mm-hmm. around body positivity. And we have started to see some of the bigger brands representing a wide range of body shapes within their um, sort of advertising. How, do you find that encouraging? I think we've definitely taken some steps forward. Um, I think we've also seen, you know, certain brands have banned Photoshop and Things are more diverse now than than ever. Well, certain things, excluding you know, the BAFTAs and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> don't know if I can say that. Don't know if I can call out the BAFTAs. Um, but there, there is there is more diversity than we have ever seen across basically all industries. There are still some, I think, who are jumping on the bandwagon without the meaning behind it. I think it's very clear when that happens. Mm. You know, if, if a brand does a one-off diversity campaign and then goes right back to what they were doing before because sure. they feel like they've ticked the, Tick that box. the quota. Yeah. yeah. That's that's still happening. Um, and then on the flip side, we also have the kind of brands and people, celebrities, who are doubling down the other way, who are kind of resisting the change. Because change is happening. You know, we, we are seeing it. It really is coming in a giant wave. And so there's people who are either jumping on because they know they have to to survive, or people who are just really sticking in and saying, mm. no, I'm going to stay in what I have believed in. I'm still going to be fat phobic and judgmental. And mm. that's, that's how I'm going to be. So there's a kind of... Um, there's a real dichotomy happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if, if everyone's going to join the wave, but I don't think they're going to have a choice. That's it. And I think, I think change is scary for a lot of people. And even if that changes for the good, it can be quite unnerving. Mm. Um, so I think you're right. I think it's going to get to a point where they just have to go along with mm-hmm. it. But it is really positive to see some of the changes that are being made in society. I hope so. I hope one day we're going to kind of look back at all the, you know, crash diets and, and how we used to treat people who don't look like the, the ideal body that we see in the media everywhere 
and we're just going to think that was ridiculous that yeah. we ever thought that. Yeah. That was so bizarre. Why did we ever judge people based on what their bodies look like? How odd. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to get there. Fingers crossed. I think we're <laughs> on our way. It might take a little while. a lot of young people on our helpline, Hopeline UK, who are affected by eating disorders, or people who've got negative thoughts and feelings about their own bodies. Um, and their struggles can um, impact on their thoughts of suicide. What advice or encouragement would you give to any young person who's sort of struggling with who they are and struggling and putting pressure on themselves to fit in? You know, I think one of the things that I wish I had known growing up when I was struggling with my body and eating disorders and, and my self-worth, is that it's really, really not your fault that you feel that way. I think we, we blame ourselves and we blame our bodies and we think, if only I could change this or that or drop a dress size or look a different way, I wouldn't feel like this. Everything would be perfect. But the way that you feel about your body, you've been taught that. There are things bigger than you going on. There are kind of forces that are teaching you how to see yourself. You know, every time you turn on the TV and there is only one body type being shown. Every time there's a magazine cover with a headline about losing 10 pounds in 10 days, every advert, every conversation that you have with, in family or at school that is all about losing weight and looking a certain way. These are all things that are teaching you how to see yourself, mm-hmm. like whether you like it or not, we are affected by what's going on around us. So it's really not that there's a flaw in you, it's that there is a problem with the wider culture that... The, the problem that we need to fix is how we're talking about bodies, sure. not our bodies. Um, and if I had actually known that, maybe I would blame myself a little bit less. And I think it doesn't just go for bodies. I think it goes for mental health in general and how we see our worth, how we see our value as people. We're being taught that it lies in one thing, whether mm. it's how we look or our productivity or a grade on a piece of paper. Sure. And it's actually never been that. You know, we all have so much worth simply because we exist, because we are human beings. We deserve our space here and we are worth something regardless of what we're being taught. And I think that that knowledge that there are bigger things out there that are contributing to this, it's not your fault. It is not all on you would have been quite helpful yeah it's almost like there's a lot of negative subliminal messages out there every day and everything that we do mm-hmm. and it's trying to get through those isn't it and just exactly. kind of blank out the things that aren't important mm-hmm. social media is a huge a huge part of people's lives and we hear from young people how they um like we say they're living their life by likes and it's important how many likes they get and what they look like and they want to be that person on um, social media even though that person might be portraying a life that they haven't actually got and it, it can get into quite a negative cycle what do you think um are the best bits about social media and what do you think are the things we should leave behind you know what when i think about what I loved coming into the the kind of social media world um, and why I was so drawn to it. It's because back then, even a few years ago, it felt more like a way to build community. It felt more like a way to have genuine connection with other human beings. I think in recent years, the way that we use social media, all of us, has really changed and we've all become much more passive. We've just become silent, passive scrollers, getting through as much content as we possibly can, trying to keep up with absolutely everything and everyone. 
rather than using it to really engage with people and to, to find people who believe in the same things as us and build these kind of communities. And I think if social media is going to get healthier rather than continue getting unhealthier, we need to go back to that space of using it to connect as humans. Mm. What we're doing at the moment is we're not even seeing the human. We're seeing the you know one-dimensional perfect image and we don't really know the person behind it. But if we seek out people who are genuinely themselves and connect with them, that's how it's almost how you make social media social again. Like it's yes. silly, but at the moment it's not social at it's all. It's just become an advertising space, hasn't exactly. it? And it's just how much information you can process mm-hmm. in a space of time. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. In terms of bits that we should leave behind then, so obviously commun- building a community and making it social again, making friends, finding like-minded people is really important. A lot of our young people tend to struggle with um, how they come across on social media and might be someone who they're not. Mm-hmm. I suppose you can you can relate to that from mm-hmm. what you've been through in terms of trying to be this perfect person that society expects you to be. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you would you maybe give to a young person who might be struggling a little bit at the moment? I think I don't even just relate to that for, for back when I was trying to, you know, fit my body to become a perfect image. I relate to it very much in recent years in the position that I'm in. I still sometimes fall down the trap of having to be the perfect, positive influencer slash influence um, and be what I think people want me to be. I think that's very, very natural on social media and, mm-hmm. you know, anyone who says that the numbers don't get to them, they do. Like, they inevitably do, especially if you've come from a background where numbers were all that mattered. Yeah. That's a very easy transfer to have the likes and the followers start mm-hmm. to become a huge, huge thing. And I think, I think when you catch yourself falling into that trap, of I have to be perfect because I have to get the likes, that's when you challenge yourself to post something that is not going to get the likes. Right. <laughs> but that is, that is the only way around it, is kind of refusing to be perfect and putting something up that is just for you or that you like but you know other people don't really like and realising that it's not going to break you if the internet doesn't like doesn't like it Mm. if it doesn't get the numbers you are still you and it is more important to put stuff out that feels true to you whether it's you know something that you're working on like like a creative project or just a family picture or a picture Mm. where you're just having fun rather than the perfect selfie yeah that feeling like yourself is so much more important than getting the likes but the only way you can get around that is just by pressing post and embracing it yeah and that's a hard step to take. Did you find that quite difficult yourself at first? Yes, and I still, I still do. Still do. I still do. It's a hard, it's a hard mindset to get out of because your brain does learn the the kind of tips and tricks to what gets the most engagement and yeah. what people want to see from you. And it's really hard to break out of that. But I think more and more lately, I've kind of been talking about how we have to let people be more than one thing. We have to let people be multi-dimensional human beings. You know, social media, we see these tiny boxes of people's lives and we use that to put them into what we think they are. Mm-hmm. So you can only be that one thing that you're showing me in that one box and just like squish it down and be very narrow and small. People are expansive. People are complicated. We all have light and shade and flaws. And, you know, it, if we're not seeing that, if we're not allowing people to be that then we're not seeing them as people at all. Yeah. So it, it, is, it is very, very hard to even allow yourself to be more than one thing 
but it's so important for people to see. I think you're right, and it must be a lot of pressure on you, I suppose, as a, as an influencer. You know, people sharing with you their own journeys and stories. Um, do you feel that pressure quite a lot, or do, do some days it feels too much, and other days it's you know you really embrace it? I'm not gonna lie to you. Sometimes I don't want to open anything. Sometimes yeah. I want to look at my phone. Sometimes <laughs> um, it, it can be very very overwhelming, and it's a hard it's a hard lesson in boundaries of of wanting to be everything for everyone and wanting to answer every message and try and reach out personally to every single person there and knowing that you just can't because mm. that's going to take over your entire life and your entire day and it's going to break you as well it's 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 really hard to have boundaries on the internet without coming across as well I'm, I'm too important for, yeah. for you you know I don't have time for you and it's and it's not that at all and the pressure of that the pressure of that is is really a lot, but I think for myself, you know, when I found the Body Positive World and when I started learning about it, I went looking for the information, like I went on the hunt for everything I could find, and if you are in a space where, you know, you want um, information or inspiration on something, it is out there, and all I can do is put it out there and hope that the people find it who need mm-hmm. it, rather than trying to be in contact with every single yeah. person yeah. like that. Because you have to protect yourself. At, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to make sure that you have those boundaries in place so that, as you say, it doesn't take over your life and then it affects you. Do you have sort of a self-care routine that enables you to sort of switch off and, and have time to be yourself? That's a good question. I think, first of all, massive proponent of therapy, mm-hmm. which obviously isn't accessible to everyone at the moment, but absolutely should be. I mean, everyone deserves that kind of space. Absolutely. To to, yeah. Definitely. If you are able to go to therapy, 100% recommend it. Allowing myself to not be perfect has been a big, big one that I have also worked through in therapy and tried to do more in real life. Allowing myself to say no to things um, and surrounding myself with people who think what I do is cool but don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I d- don't care about about likes or like fancy things or what someone else said on the internet and, and you know, maybe known me since I was a kid and and dogs, dogs are really helpful. If you can <laughs> hug a dog every day, that's a really helpful thing. Yeah, we'd agree with that. Yeah, just, just working in things that make me feel like me, mm-hmm. uh, having boundaries and going to therapy is probably my main thing. Great. So do you have a dog yourself? I have two dogs. What are they called? Oh, so they are called um, Topsy and Bella. I love you very much. Uh, Topsy is over 100 years old and dog is. Wow. She's been around since I was 10, so she's seen it all. She, wow. she taught me everything I know about, about life and being a strong, independent woman. Very, very <laughs> nice Good role model. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then Bella is like my, my baby. She's a cocker spaniel, like just loves to be cradled in your arms. Ideal comfort blanket. Oh, cute. Is Topsy a, a cocker spaniel as well? Topsy is a terrier cross, so right. she's like a little spiky, like proper feisty do you have any pictures of course can we see? 
So I obviously have them as, as my background. Of course you do. Because when people ask, they're, they're right there. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. So this is Topsy, and this is Bella. Oh, wow. Are they the best of friends? Yes. Well, the, there's a big age gap. Mm. Um, so Topsy more just like keeps Bella in line, like teaches her how to behave. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose good self-care for you might be taking them out on walks and that things like favorite. that. I think yeah. Yeah, one of my favourite things is just going for a walk where there aren't other humans and yeah. there's just dogs and it's just fresh air and like really just peaceful. That is the best. Yeah. Some days I think we all need a day without humans mm. and just dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be really good. Um, this is a bit of an open question really for you. Um, what gives you hope for the future? I think that young people are really, really starting to realise the power of their voices and their opinions in a way that we haven't seen before. I think for so many generations, you know, young people are kind of told, you don't know enough to stand up for anything. You should just stick to being a kid, let the sure. adults take care of it. And we've seen what has happened yeah. when the adults <laughs> take care of things, you know, in lots of situations, it hasn't gone particularly smoothly. Yeah. And now we have we are seeing all of these young people saying, actually, I don't see why we can't have a different way. I don't see mm-hmm. why we can't stick up for this group of people, say what we mean about right. this. Sunberg being Absolutely. one, hugely inspirational. So many young people just knowing that there is power in, in their voices, there is power in their opinions, and these are the young people that we're going to see coming up into positions of power and you know really shaking things up. I think a big, big change is coming. I do hope they still get to be kids, obviously, Yeah. no yeah. one should have the pressure of the world on them at a young age. But there is, there is something shifting, um, and I do feel hopeful. I feel hopeful that we're moving towards a culture more where... Everyone is respected, you know, all all sizes, shapes, ages, skin colours, genders, abilities. Everyone is just treated with respect. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. As a mum of a ten-year-old girl, I she is not girly in the you know in the kind of way people expect girls to be girly at that age. She's constantly in a football kit or a tracksuit and her best friends are boys and she doesn't care and I love that about her I love that she doesn't try and conform and I think if we can create an environment for our young people that they are just comfortable in the skin that they're in and doing what they want to do then that that's a really nice place to be I suppose isn't it yeah and I think we all we all are like that right at the start and, and it's kind of becoming an adult and being told mm. no 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 you have to choose what you are and it's one thing like be one thing follow one path stay in line don't speak Mm. up too much these are the things that we all kind of take in and if we could just let the kids grow up still believing that they can be anything and do anything and say what they mean and change the world we're going to see a very different world yeah yeah that's incredible Thank you so much for, for coming to chat with us today. It's been wonderful hearing about Topsy and Bella <laughs> and about your journey with your mental health and becoming, becoming this wonderful influencer on Instagram. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Yay! Thank you. <laughs>
If you're a young person struggling with thoughts of suicide, or if you're worried about a young person, you can contact Hopeline UK on 0800 068 4141 via text on 07860 039 or via email on pat at papyrus-uk.org.